Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Phone service master by Cornerstone Phone Line. It is Chris Harrington. He joins me now. Did you check out the weather in Minnesota there, Chris? Yeah. Uh, what, what's that, the weather in Minnesota? The weather. Yeah, have you checked out the weather in Minnesota? I have no idea what the weather's like in Minnesota it's right eight, now. Cold, I bet. It's eight degrees. Yeah, that yeah. sounds about right. It's um, cold. Yeah. Uh, the Grizzlies are there. Um, and you, I'm surprised we in Minnesota now, you, you keep something called the the uh, Grizz Glossary, and you update it as new phrases are added. I don't know if you subtract things or not, but anyway, we in Minnesota now, uh, is has has not yet been added to the Grizzlies glossary, but when you update it next, will be. Yeah, I can't remember when. The, I think the last update I did may have been like right before the playoffs last year, and I haven't done one since. I don't know when I'll do another one. Maybe All Star break. But there's um, I've got a little list of like there's six or seven things that I, I know I'm going to add next time, and some stuff I should have added a long time ago. I, for some reason, I just skipped my mind, but. Just because something I'm late on something doesn't mean it shouldn't, you know, no, be no, no. put in the glossary. One hundred percent. But we had we had yeah. we had Minnesota now. I, th- I think I think passes the test. Uh, by the oh, way, yeah. I, I want to update. It's now up to seventeen, so mm-hmm. it's warming up up there. It's breezy, high of high of twenty two, low of eight, uh, and so it's now up to seventeen degrees in Minnesota. There there are at least eight dudes walking around my old college campus in shorts today. I guarantee you. <laughs> How did you survive up there? How did you? How did you like it? The cold. Oh, I didn't. I didn't much like the cold. But like, you don't have to go outside if you don't want to. Right. Most of the time, <laughs> you know, because there's so many skyways and tunnels and all of that. And so, the cold. The biggest hassle was the snow. If you owned a car, which I did my junior and senior year, I had a car while I was up there. And so having a car and then dealing with the snow and the parking and, you know, the shoveling, and I, you know, that that's a pain. The cold you sort of get used to. Like, I didn't like it, but, like, you know. Did you have a driveway? Did you have a driveway or did you park on the street? Uh, parked on the street. I'm trying to, to try remember. I guess my senior year, I was in an apartment with a friend, and we had a little parking area, you know, behind the building, um, but otherwise on the street. What, by the way, is, well, I'm on the topic of Minnesota. When I was there last time, they have this burger called the Juicy something, or what's it called? Is that the Juicy a, Lucy. Yeah, well, what's your opinion? I did not eat one. What is it? Uh, I, I'm not, I'm not, that's not what I, if I'm going to get a burger in the Twin Cities, if anyone wants Twin Cities burger tips, go to the Nook in um, St. Paul, Minnesota, near Creighton-Durham High School, where Joe Maurer went, um, and just get a regular old burger. 
Um, that's my spot. Um, the Juicy Lucy is a stuffed, it's burgers stuffed with cheese. I'm not big on the idea of stuffed burgers, and so that's not my thing. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, they have some problems up there in addition to staying warm because uh, Carl Anthony yep. Towns is, is out now for an extended period. It has been disappointing anyway uh, because the Rudy Gobert-Carl Anthony Towns combo has not worked particularly but I was reading a piece by Kevin Pelton today who wrote about this over at ESPN. And he said, of the various permutations, both of them on, Carl Anthony Towns on, Rudy Gobert off, Rudy Gobert on, Carl Anthony Towns off, the worst of those, and none of them have been great, the worst is Carl Anthony Towns off, Rudy Gobert on. And that's what they have for the foreseeable future. What's going I wrong? The, I, I assume the offense must be bad in that situation. Uh, I, I actually looked at all that a few weeks ago when, whenever Minnesota was here and I had Dane Moore um, from Minnesota on the pod, I actually looked at all that. That was a few weeks ago, so I'm sure it's all changed. At that point, they were actually playing the best basketball with both on the bench. Um, at well, that this, point, was, they were playing, this didn't include that. This is of the three combinations where one of them's playing, oh, okay. he analyzed. So well, it may so be better best, that still. The best may be the fourth. Um, yeah. So when I looked at it before, basically they were playing bad defense whenever Towns was on the floor regardless of the lineup, but they were playing the offense was really struggling when he was off. And so we'll see. I, I don't, you know, past performance, future results. It's all small samples, blah, blah, blah. I, I, I don't assume, I do not assume that they will be appreciably worse with Towns out. They might be, but I don't take that as a given. Um, I, I think they could be different and maybe the defense is a lot better and maybe, Maybe they find it's more of a simplicity in the offense, and maybe Edwards starts, you know, taking more shots and being better. I, I don't, I don't make a lot of assumptions about it. I think they have a messy situation there, but it's already been messy, so I don't assume that it gets worse at this point. Uh, yeah, you don't have one of the disadvantages is you don't have the opportunity to figure it out, right? Like to figure out how the pieces fit when one of the pieces is gone. You're losing that if if it's possible to figure it out. So yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. That, that, that's the long-term concern. I'm yeah. talking about just like, you know, yeah. how good are they going to be in the next three weeks kind of thing. In terms of that, um, one of the reasons they've been worse with Gobert on, only Gobert on, is uh, they have aberrationally, um, it, it, some of it's just fluky. They've shot much worse. Uh, the three-point shooting has been much worse and not just accounted for. Carl Anthony Towns is, is, hits three-pointers and is gone. So it's just been uh, a, a fluky, poor three-point shooting happens to be when Gobert has been on. But then the question is, is what do they do when he's – now that he's gone? And the question there is, do you start your, uh, your personal – one of your personal favorites, Kyle Anderson, or do you start Torian Prince at power forward in place of Towns? Thoughts? I mean, I don't like I don't like the idea of Anderson and Gobert. I mean, w- when they signed Anderson, was they, they signed Anderson before the Gobert trade, right? And I liked the signing for them a lot because I thought he was a good fit with Towns. I don't think he's a good fit no. like as a small forward with Towns and Gobert. And I don't think he's a good fit with Gobert. I think it's a good defensive fit, right? But offensively, I, I don't think that I don't think that's great. I have no idea what the numbers are, but I, I don't think that's great. And so, I mean, my. You know, I, I have not been watching them every day. I don't know what the health situations are, blah, blah, blah. But my instinct is that Anderson is not who I want at the four next to, next to Gobert if I have other options. Well, and then the, if you have Prince next to Gobert, at least uh, according to this piece, uh, when Towns and Gobert are on, they're a 
as you would think, an above-average defensive rebounding team. But when Gobert plays with any other power forward, it's, uh, it's, it drops to 72.5%. And with Prince, it is last in the NBA. And like last year in Utah, they were a very good defensive rebounding team with Gobert. And Gobert led the league in defensive rebounding percentage. The, the whole thing has just not worked. I, you know, it is... Yeah, no, no yeah. it's been a messy situation. You wonder at what point, like, a coach becomes a scapegoat. Um, I, I, you know, given that this, all these changes came down from an ownership change, right. and the ownership change then led to a front office change with a new front office guy coming in, and Chris Fitch preceded both the new owners, sort of preceded the new owners, and definitely preceded the new um, head of basketball operations, whatever title they give Tim, Tim Connolly. Some, some are GM, some aren't, whatever. Um, so you wonder about, you always wonder about the coaching situation when you have new owners, new front office people who come in above a coach that's already there. To me, that's all, it's always speech. And we saw it in Memphis with Lionel Hollins. Right. And certainly he didn't, it had nothing to do with his performance. It had to do with like changes of him and they want, they want, you know, to do their own thing. Uh, so you wonder about that when you add all the struggle on top of it. Um, okay. Uh, also last night, we had Luca going for 41, 12, and 12. It is his, it is his fifth 40-point triple-double, his 51st triple-double period. He is awesome. Um, that's no revelation. Where is he in, in your MVP consideration? I mean, I... I, I have not spent time with that recently. Right. I, you know, I, I, I would think Tatum, off the top of my head, uh, Jason Tatum, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo um, are probably the top two. Again, off the top of my head, I feel like Steph Curry may be above Luka. Luka's probably in the top five there. Um, I, I do think team performance is a factor in, in yeah. that for yeah. me. Um, the other thing with Luka, Luka's great, but he's also, he's like, He's doing the Westbrook MVP season thing where, like, he just has the ball, like, all the time. And when you have the ball all the time, you know, generate a lot of numbers. Now, that's not saying he's not great because he is great. But, you know, I don't think it's, it's for the best – it's the best thing for that team to have a situation where, you know, he's got – I don't know what his usage rate is. I bet it's, like, close to 40%, like, crazy numbers. And so I don't think that's, like – I don't think that's the path. I think, I think he needs help. And, and even without help, they probably need to, like, develop – a a team that's not relying on him doing everything. Well, that's the question is, is he's doing, it's a little bit like the Dylan Brooks thing. When Dylan has to take shots, of course, he's much more effective than Dylan Brooks, but it's a product of the people around him. I guess with Russell Westbrook, we knew he was great when he had the ball in his hands and could do whatever he wanted and whatever else. And we knew, and we thought honestly that he, he may not be great in other circumstances when he's surrounded by better players. It might expose that he does not play well with others. I don't know that's the case with Luca. I just think he's doing what he's doing because he has to. Don't you, don't you get that feeling? Well, I, if, if memory serves, and, and uh, you know, yeah, I'll right. off the top of my head, so I may be wrong. Uh-huh. If memory serves, that, that, that Westbrook season was a bit of a novelty act in the sense that it was post-Durant. And I want to say it was pre-Paul George. It was like this in-between where he, yep. like, he really didn't have I a sidekick. That's right. mm-hmm. With the Luca thing, it's been like, you know, they tried Porzingis as a sidekick, and that didn't work. But he really hasn't had, you know, it's been like, it's like that one Westbrook season is like every season, you know, in, in a way with Dallas because they have not, there's no second star for him to play with. Uh, you know, there was Porzingis for a little bit, and that didn't take. But other than that, like, you know, it, 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 it's not, 
it's not like a stuck, you know, to go to my the song my song choice of the day, which is unintentional. It's not a stuck between stations. He's not stuck between Kevin Durant and Paul George. He's stuck between nobody and who knows. Uh, I texted I texted Chris. He is 100% right. Luca's usage rate is 38% right now, which is a career high. By the way, I didn't ask you what we were playing today. What was the song? It was uh, Stuck Between Stations by the whole city, a song set in Minneapolis. I see. Well, thank you. I, that was by my that was a uh, slip up on my on my on my part. Um they are not Dallas had before they beat Golden State last night had lost 5 of 6, not doing particularly well. Um Having said that, and they're not one of the teams, when you, when you mentioned the teams that you think are the upper-tier teams, they are not one of the teams. If the Grizzlies happened to draw them in the playoffs, would they make you nervous? Who, Dallas? Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know I, I think, I, I, don't, I, I don't know where they are defensively this season, numbers-wise. I haven't looked at that. But, like, obviously they were a great defense last season. I think they have good personnel defensively. Um, and so, good coach defensively and kid. And so, like, defense plus Luka, like, in the postseason, I mean, they, they made it to the conference finals last year. I mean, they had some help along the way. Phoenix sort of self-destructed on them and what have you. But I, I do think that's a team that can be a higher upside team in the playoffs than they are in the regular season because the depth issue, as we talked about yesterday, means a little bit less in the playoffs. Like, suddenly you can't play Luka 42 minutes and just have the ball in his hands all the time. And, you, know, you hope he doesn't wear down. I think one of the dangers now is wearing him down too much in the regular season. But if he's fully healthy in the playoffs, like he's a problem, and so sure, like I, don't, I wouldn't relish that. Yeah. Um, all right. On to other matters. You tweeted this morning. Well, you tweeted your top hundred movies this morning, uh, which I think I'll get to another time. Do you? Did you? Sure. Did you assemble that list, or do you have a running list of your top hundred movies? I don't have a running list, but I have lists I've done in the past. It's not like a, con- a, cons- a consistently updated thing, but right. I've probably done a top 100 movies list and a top 100 albums list, like, you know, every 10 years since I was 15 or whatever. You know? And so <laughs> right. it's, a, it's a thing I think I do every once in a while. And I did it, I did it last night because tomorrow, uh, this thing, which most people have no idea what I'm talking about, but I'll explain very briefly. This thing called the Sight and Sound Poll is going to come out, and it's a once-a-decade thing. And it's a, it's a British film, film magazine, Sight and Sound. And every 10 years, since 1952, they have done an international poll of critics and historians. And now they do huh. a separate poll of directors. But they do a poll every 10 years um, of the best movies ever. And that basically is the film canon. It, that is like the film canon. And it's updated every 10 years. And it's like a major event within the small world of people who care about such things. But, like, you know, it's coming tomorrow. And so, so that's why you did your... Top one. Yeah, and, and the funny thing is, while I was tweeting that out this morning, I literally got a text from a friend who was not on Twitter saying, "Hey, Titan Sounds coming out. Let, let's do top fifty top fifty lists and exchange them and talk about them." Huh. Uh, well, you can look at Chris's top one hundred films of all time at Twitter, and we will talk about them uh, another time because I'm intrigued. But um, you can you can you can see that over on Twitter right now. Um, what else do you have list of anything else? Like you, you have you done book? Like not books. Do you have a books one too, or just albums and films? In terms of like like all time like long list albums yeah. and films, albums like, and films. Like I keep track. I keep track of books I read because I like keep track of right, everything. But you don't but have like, a, I am yeah, not all time. I mean, list a a the, the topic books is far too vast, even more than movies and music. And b I, like I don't. I mean, I, I read probably more than the average person, but, like, I don't read anywhere close enough to do any kind of, like, Feel like you're you know, these are the greatest books right. of all time list yeah. or anything like that. 
All right, but you did tweet this morning that Gremlins is a Christmas movie. I have never seen it. What is the standard for what makes something a Christmas movie? It's a good question. I, in terms of Gremlins, like the Gremlin is a, is a Christmas present. That's 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 how the movie starts. The dude goes into a gift shop because he needs to buy a Christmas present to bring home to his son, and he buys like the little cute fuzzy thing that later becomes the Gremlins. So the Gremlin, the origin of the Gremlins is is, is a Christmas, is a Christmas present. present. Yeah, and it happens during Christmas, and like so, the snow outside, and the town's decorated with Christmas lights, and Phoebe Kate stands by the 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 um the fireplace and tells the sad story about her dad died because he, he was going to surprise the kids by coming down the chimney in a Santa suit and he got stuck and he, got, he died in the, in, in the chimney. And like, so is there totally any controversy? Does everyone believe this to be like, this is not a, a, the diehard argument? Where are you on the diehard argument? Christmas movie? Oh, no, it, 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 it is very similar to the diehard argument. It is a subject of um, debate. It is a subject um, of debate. I, the Gremlins is closer to my heart than Die Hard. I'd have to go back and rewatch Die Hard to have a definitive take on whether it's a Christmas movie or not. Okay. On your list of 100, are there any Christmas movies? Oh, I, I, I didn't even think about whether. I mean, well, I, I saw It's a Wonderful thing. Life is on there, right? Yeah, It's a Wonderful Life is on there, which is, you know, it's, it's, it's certainly Christmas is part of, of, it's of, a Christmas of the backdrop of that. Um, uh, Meet Me in St. Louis really covers an entire year, but that's the movie in which uh, Judy, Dar- Judy Garland debuts Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Um, so I think that counts. And so those are the two that come immediately to mind. I'd have to go back and look. On this topic, a Christmas song. Is Let It Snow a Christmas song? Sure. Even though Christmas isn't mentioned. Okay, here's another one. Someone asked on Twitter. It's a Christmas season. It's a Christmas season. Yeah, Yeah, to me it's obviously a Christmas song. But this one actually always did confuse me. It is included on Christmas albums. People will play it as part of their whatever. I'm sure it's being played on the river right now. My Favorite Things. By you know, Julie Andrews singing my favorite things. People act like that's a Christmas song. That's not a Christmas song. I don't think of it. So my, my the version of that 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 comes to my head is actually the instrumental version. John Coltrane. It's actually the name of one of his albums. Uh, my favorite things. Really. Um, and then is it Julie Andrews who does that? Yeah. Like, uh, Julie, okay. Julie Andrews who sings the movie version of it. Mary Day Martin. Mary, like, Mary Martin did the original one, and then Julie Andrews was the from the movie. Right. It's from it's from. I, I have I have no I have no Christmas association with that song. All right. Uh, you can check out Chris's uh, hundred favorite films of all time, hundred best films list of hundred best films of all time on Twitter, and we'll talk to him about it another time. Appreciate it, Chris. Thanks. Sure. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.